Greetings from Richmond, Indiana. Richmond Radio Works brings you Daniel Clymer and Angela Lewis in Shadow of a Doubt. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Alex Michael Herner. Greetings from Richmond, ladies and gentlemen. There are connoisseurs of paintings, of wines, of furniture, and of all the other fine arts, but none quite so violent in their opinions as the connoisseurs of mystery stories. And tonight we offer these discriminating critics a collector's item, a piece known to the whodunit fraternity as a Hitchcock, so-called because the director, Alfred Hitchcock, is a master of suspense, and the universal picture, Shadow of a Doubt, is one of his triumphs. Tonight we bring it to you with Daniel Clymer and Angela Lewis in the starring roles. Well, did you get any dope on him? Yeah, he's living in the Ruman House, 104 East Street, just outside of Newark. What name is he using? Spencer. The landlady says he's been there a week. Did you ask to see him? No, he wasn't in. <sighs> okay, we'll try it this afternoon. 104 East Street, just outside of Newark, is a mean-looking wooden frame building and a mean-looking street. Upstairs, in a shabby, cheerless room, a man lies across his iron bed. He's dressed, his hands clasped behind his head. Through half-closed eyes, he gazes steadily at the cracked ceiling above him. Then, hearing a step in the hall, his eyes close and his face becomes an expressionless mask. Mr. Spencer? Mr. Spencer? Yes? Mr. Spencer, I hate to bother you, but... I thought you'd like to know there was two men here asking for you. They were sorry you wasn't in. I said you wasn't. Did they uh, say they'd be back? They didn't say exactly. Maybe I should have let him in. Only you said not to disturb you, and I... Yes, thank you, Mrs. Martin. You look kind of tired to me. I think maybe you need a real rest. That's what I think. Yes, I could stand to rest. Those friends of yours told me not to say they'd called. They wanted to surprise you, but I thought you'd like to know. Of course. And if they come back, you may show them up. Yes. You know, it's a funny thing, very funny thing. Up to now, those two friends of mine have never seen me. Every time they've called, I've been out, even at other places. <laughs> Isn't that odd, Mrs. Martin? Well, yes, it is odd. Well, now I'll have to meet them, I suppose. I might even go meet them. And then again, I may not. Not yet. Well, you just go ahead with your nap. Yes, thank you. If you want anything, you just call. What do they know? They can't know anything. They're just bluffing. They haven't got a thing on me. Not a thing. Mr. Spencer? Mr. Spencer? Mr. Spencer, they're here again. They're here. Why, he's gone. 
Well, for lamb's sake, he's gone. Hello? Western Union? I'm in a pay station, and I want to send a telegram. Yes, I've got change. It's to Mrs. Joseph Newton, Santa Rosa, California. Here's the message. Ready? Homesick for you all. Stop. Coming to stay a while. Stop. Arrive Thursday. Love to everybody and a kiss for little Charlie from her Uncle Charlie. Yeah, that's the signature. Uncle Charlie. your mother? Oh, good evening, Father. She's out. Out? Where? Well, I really don't know, Father. Hmm. Well, how about a kiss? Of course, Father. <laughs> Atta girl. Say, you better not read in here, Anne. The light's bad. Well, I gotta finish this book before dinner. And ruin your eyes. Where's Roger? Out. And how about Charlotte? Upstairs in her room, thinking. Thinking? What's she thinking about? I'm afraid you'll have to ask Charlotte, Father. All right, you know what I meant. Charlotte? Charlotte? Why doesn't she answer? Charlotte? Who is it? It's me. Who do you suppose? Come in, Papa. What's the matter? Don't you feel well? Oh, I'm perfectly well. I've just been thinking for hours. I've come to the conclusion that I give up. I simply give up. Hmm. What are you going to give up? Have you ever stopped to think that a family should be the most wonderful thing in the world? And that this family's just gone to pieces? We have. Well, of course we have. We just sort of go along and nothing happens. We eat and sleep and that's about all. We don't even have real conversations. We just talk. And work. Oh, yes. Poor mother. She works like a dog. Just like a dog. That's what I came up to ask. Where is she? She's out. But when she comes back, it'll be the same thing. Dinner, then dishes, then bed. I don't see how she stands it. What were you thinking we can do about it? Oh, nothing, I suppose. I guess we'll just have to wait for a miracle or something. Yoo-hoo! Joe! Ah, here she is. I'm in Charlotte's room, Emmy. For heaven's sakes. You lying down, Charlotte? What's the matter? Joe, what's the matter? Well, it seems Oh, I've just become a nagging old maid. And you went downtown in that awful old hat? You promised me you'd throw it away. Mama! Oh, Oh, goodness. What on earth difference does it make what hat I put on? Mama! (laughs) I'm home! Yes, Roger. I know. I don't see why you let that child yell at you like that, Mother. If he has something to say, he... I'll I'll take care of him. Roger! Stop yelling like that! Charlotte, dear, what is it? Mama, Mama, I'm going downtown and send a telegram. Why, Charlie, who do you know to send a telegram to? 
I know just the person to come and save us. A wonderful person who'll come and shake us all up so we'll be good and dignified and intelligent again. Charlie, have you gone crazy? What do you mean, save us? All this time, there's been the one real right person to save us. Mama, what's Uncle Charlie's address? Charlotte, you're not going to ask Uncle Charlie for money. Oh, no, that wouldn't help us. I just want him to come. Oh, but think of asking a busy man like that to come all this way for nothing. He come for me. I'm named after him. With each present, he sends me a little special message. Besides, we're the only relatives he has in the world. Mrs. Henderson, I'd like to send a telegram. Why, hello, Charlotte. I just called up your house. Telegram for your mother. From your uncle, I think. My uncle? My uncle Charlie? That's him. He's coming to visit you. Arrives Thursday. Oh, Mrs. Henderson, do you believe in telepathy? I ought to. It's my business. Oh, not telegraphy. Mental telepathy. Like, well, suppose you have a thought and suppose the thoughts about someone who's in tune with you. And then over thousands of miles, that someone knows what you're thinking. And he answers you. And it's all mental. I don't know what you're talking about. I send telegrams the normal way. There he is. Isn't that Uncle Charlie down there? Hey, Charles! Papa? Papa, look, he's sick. Huh? Uncle Charlie must be sick. The porter's helping him off the train. Oh, Uncle Charlie! Uncle Charlie! There you are, sir. Feeling better, sir? Yes. Yes, thank you. Ain't been much of a trip for you, sir. Lying sick and a made of birth all the way. You've been very kind. Here, this is for you. Thank you. Why, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie. Charlie. Well, little Charlie. Hello. Are you sick? Let me look at you. You aren't sick, are you? What? Me? Me sick? Well, certainly not. But I thought the porter was helping and... Oh, Uncle Charlie, that was the funniest thing. (laughs) Well, little Charlie. Glad to see me, huh? Oh, yes, yes. Hello, Charles. Well, Joe, say, how are you? You haven't changed a bit. How are you, Charles? You're looking great. Hello, Uncle Charlie. And this is Anne. I bet you don't remember me, Anne. Well, I remember you, sort of. But you look different, sort of. Where's Roger? Uh, Roger, come here. Hello there, Roger. Hello. Well, we'd better get started. Emma's got dinner almost ready. I've got your suitcase, Uncle Charlie. Oh. <laughs> now say now, wait. That looks pretty heavy for you. Oh, it's nothing. I love to carry. You'll have some lamb, Charles, won't you? Well, Emmy, it's pretty good. Uh, what were you saying about your boat, Charles? Well, that's about the finish of it, Joe. She was a beauty, that boat. 
had some fine times on it. But all that's over and done with. It's a different world these days, and we might as well face it. That's the truth, Charles. Say, I've been forgetting something all this time. I, um, brought a few things back with me. There you are, Joe. This is yours from me. I didn't know whether you had one, well, Joe. you didn't have to think of me, Charles. Presents are all right for the children. Uh, say, a wristwatch. Well, I've never had a wristwatch. <laughs> the fellas at the bank will think I'm quite a sport. <laughs> one for you, Emmy, now. Just try this on. Oh, Charles. Charles, is it? Oh, no. A silver fox. Charles, I've wanted one all of my life. It's what you should have. Oh, it's beautiful. And now, your little present, Charlie. Oh, I don't want anything. Right now, I have enough. Before you came, I didn't think I had anything. But now, I don't want another thing. I'll, I'll go get the coffee. Charlotte? She's crazy! You ask me, I think she's putting on. Now, now, she is not crazy. Smartest girl in her class at school. She's got brains. Well, she'll like it when she sees it. Now you folks just sit here and I'll take it to her. Tell her the sugar and cream are on the kitchen table, Charles. All right. Charlie. What's the matter? Here, here, here. Now you just put those dishes down a minute. I mean it. Please don't give me anything. Nothing? Why? I can't explain. You came here and Mother's happy. And I'm glad that she named me after you. She thinks we're both alike. And I think we are too. I know it. It would spoil things if you should give me anything. Well, you're a strange girl, Charlie. Why would it spoil things? Because we're not just an uncle and a niece. I know you. I know that you don't tell people a lot of things. I don't either. I have a feeling that inside you somewhere, there's something. Something nobody knows. Something wonderful. And I'll find it out. <laughs> it's not good to find out too much, Charlie. So we're kind of like twins. Don't you see? We have to know. Here, give me your hand. Now you wear this ring. You wear it for me, you hear? Thank you. But you haven't even looked at it. I don't have to look at it. Let me show it to you. It's a good emerald, a really good one. And good emeralds are the most beautiful things in the world. Oh, why you've had something engraved on it. No, I haven't, but I will if you'd like me to. But you have, Uncle Charlie, you, you have. It's very faint. I can just read it. It says T.S. from B.M. Why, they must be someone else's initials. Jeweler rooked me. He rooked me. Oh, it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. It's secondhand. He rooked me. <laughs> the whole world's rotten, crooked. Give it back to me. Oh, but I like it this way. Someone else was probably happy with this ring. The world's rotten. Give it back to me. I'll have that taken off. No, it's perfect the way it is. I'm going to keep it, Uncle Charlie.
It's a beautiful ring. You're too good, Charles. Well, nothing's too good for my favorite niece. Coffee? Uncle Charlie? Thanks. Charles, why can't you stay here forever? I've been thinking about that, Emmy. You know, I'd like to open up a new chapter in my life. New surroundings, everything new. What is that thing I'm humming? Anybody know? Sing at the table, you'll marry a crazy husband. Yes, I've been thinking about transferring some money out here from the east. I suppose you take money at your bank, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing we do, all right. Raking the dough. Can't promise to give it back. Well, I'll go down tomorrow morning and open an account. Say thirty, forty thousand, just to start things off right. Say, that's a lot of money. Oh, I can't get that tune out of my head. If somebody will tell me what it is, maybe it'll stop. It's a waltz, dear. Of course it's a waltz, but what waltz? You know, it's the funniest thing, but sometimes I think of a tune, and then pretty soon I hear somebody else humming it. I think tunes jump from head to head. What is it, Uncle Charlie? Mm-hmm. What is it? I, um, I don't know. Oh, I know, I know. What, um, it's, it's the Blue Danube waltz, yes? Of course. That's what it is. Oh, no it isn't, Uncle Charlie. It's not the Blue Danube. It's the Merry Widow's... Oh! Oh, now look what I did. A whole cup of coffee. I'm terribly sorry, Emmy. Uh, hand me a napkin, Anne. Oh, now, it's nothing to make a fuss about. Just sit down, Anne, and Charles, while we do the dishes, you go in the living room and read the evening paper. You look tired. All right, I will. Thanks, Emmy. Uncle Charlie, when you get finished with the paper, will you give me the funnies? Oh, you can have them right now if you want. Oh, I can wait. Anytime you say. <sighs> well, nothing much to read these days, Roger. Nothing but trouble. You know, sometimes I think that... What's the matter? What's the matter, Uncle Charlie? What are you looking at? Say, you better not do that to Papa's paper. He gets mad. Oh, uh, Roger. Roger, come here. Huh? Look, um, did you ever... Did you ever make a house out of newspapers? See what I mean? Now first, you stretch them all out on the floor. See? And then you, ah, look, you, you cut out a door. See? Now this is the doorway. Hey! Roger! Papa wants the paper! Here you are, Ant. And look what we've got, a real Eskimo's igloo. You've got Papa's paper! Say, <laughs> I guess I should have thought of that. Well, we'll fold it up again, and your father won't know the difference. Can you make hats, Uncle Charlie? Hats? Well, let's see. Uh, no, I don't think I can make hats. You show me how, Roger. What are you all up to? Why, Anne, 
Roger, that's Papa's paper. It's my fault. I began it. I was showing them a game, and I never thought about the paper. Well, it's all right. Let's see. Page one, two, page five. Why, where's page three? Where is it? Anne, did you go out on the porch with it somewhere? I just came in here. Yeah, that's funny. Page three and four. Where are they? We never touched it. Uncle Charlie's the only one who touched it. Oh, well, Papa may not notice it if we fold it very neatly. See? And very evenly. Oh, that's fine, Charlie. You're a lifesaver. Come in. Hello. Are you still up? I remembered you'd like a pitcher of water by your bed. Here you are. Thank you, dear. You're very thoughtful. And I guess I ought to thank you for giving up your room to me, too. Oh, I'll be comfortable in with Anne. Well, good night. Sweet dreams. Oh, Uncle Charlie, I know something. I know a secret that you don't think I know. What secret? Well, remember I said you couldn't hide anything from me? Well, now I know there was something in the evening paper about you. About me? In the evening paper? About you. Please show it to me. I won't tell a soul. Well, how do you know there was something? Well, that's why you played the game with Roger and Anne. You didn't want us to know, and you wanted to tear it out of the paper. So now that I know, you've got to tell me. <laughs> well, I guess you have me. But it wasn't about me. Is that the page there on the dresser? Well, look now, just... Um... No, don't, don't bother your head about it. I want to see it. No, 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 no. But I want to. Stop it. It's none of your business. Give it to me. How? Let go. Let go, you hear? Ooh, Uncle Charlie, you're hurting me. Your hand. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. But give me the paper, Charlie. You hurt my ring. Oh. Charlie, I, I didn't mean to. I guess I must have grabbed you harder than I thought. <laughs> I was just fooling about it. You know, it was some gossip, not too pretty, about someone I met up with once. It's nothing for you to read. Forget it. Charlie, don't look at me like that. It's nothing, really. Nothing? Of course not. Now... Good night. Good night, Uncle Charlie. Pleasant dreams. Act Two of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Daniel Clymer as Uncle Charlie and Angela Lewis as Charlotta. It's the following morning, and Emmy has just brought Uncle Charlie his breakfast. He sits up in bed the tray on his knees, smiling genially at his sister. Oh, I can't face the world in the morning. I must have coffee before I can speak. Well, I don't mind coddling you your first morning. <laughs> what are you up to today? 
Well, a young man came about an hour ago, said his name was Graham, and he wants to interview everybody in the house. Interview everybody? Yes. He's been sent around the country by um, a magazine or something, and he's to pick out representative families, American families, and ask them questions. How did he happen to pick this family? Well, he said he looked around, and he asked around, and he decided that we were the ones he wanted. Well, if he's going to ask a lot of questions, he can leave me out of it. Why, you'd have more to tell than any of us. Oh, he's going to take pictures, too. Pictures? Yes. You see, there were really two young men. One takes pictures. Oh, there were two of them. Yes, but uh, Mr. Graham was the nicest, though. Emmy, women are fools. They fall for anything. Now, why do you let two strangers come into your house and turn the place upside down? Why expose your family to a couple of snoopers? I thought you had more sense. Oh, but Charles... Good morning, Uncle Charlie. Oh, good morning. (laughs) Your mother has just been telling me about the Newtons being picked for all-American suckers. Now, look here, Emmy. I won't have anything to do with it. I'm just a visitor. My advice to you is to slam the door in their faces. Oh, I couldn't do that. I think it's kind of exciting. They take a photograph of you, and then we can have it. It'd be free. No, thank you. I've never been photographed in my life. I don't want to be. Why, Charles, what makes you talk that way? I had a picture of you. I gave it to Charlie. Oh, I tell you, there are none. Well... I guess you've forgotten all about it. Charlie, go get it, Charlie. It's right here. I think you're cute, Uncle Charlie. Let me see. Well, I don't remember this at all. You were nine, Charles. You had it taken the Christmas you got your bicycle, just before the accident. Uncle Charlie, you were beautiful. Wasn't he, though? But I always said Papa should never have bought that bicycle, Charlotte. He took it right out on the icy road and he skidded into a streetcar. Oh, we thought he was going to die. Well, I'm glad he didn't. Well, he had a fractured skull and he was laid up for so long. And when he got well, there was no holding him. It was as though all that resting up was too much for him, and he had to get into all sorts of mischief just to blow off some steam. (laughs) The whole world's rotten. The whole world's changed. Everything's different. Oh, you were a wonderful boy, really, Charles. (sighs) What's the point of looking backward? What's the point of, of looking ahead? Today is the thing. That's my philosophy, today. Well, Charles, if today is the thing, you better get your clothes on and get to the bank. Joe will be waiting. He's going to take you into Mr. Green, the president of the bank. Did you say $30,000, Mr. Spencer? Yes, thirty. Maybe 40, Mr. Green. Well, well. Yes, I thought I might settle down here for a while. It's great country. Great country. Well, we think so. What have you been doing, Mr. Spencer? Well, I suppose you'd call me a promoter. Real estate, shipping, South America. 
It's not hard to make money, Mr. Green. The only trouble I find is that once I make it, I'm not interested in it. Not interested in money? Well... Harry, I wonder... Oh, dear. I didn't know you were busy. I could come back. Come in, Ella. Now that you're here, come in. Mr. Spencer, this is Mrs. Potter. Oh, Emma's brother. Oh, we have heard so much about you, Mr. Spencer. How do you do, Miss Potter? Oh, no, Mrs. Potter. I'm a widow. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is something about you that made me think, ah, well. Yes? What did you want, Ella? Oh, well. I was just going shopping, and I only had five dollars. Here you are. I'll make out the withdrawal slip later. There is something to being a widow, isn't there, Mr. Spencer? One doesn't have to ask a man for money (laughs) anyway. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss, uh, Mrs. Potter. (laughs) So, Mr. Spencer, where were we? Very attractive woman, that Mrs. Potter. A widow, huh? Yes. Potter left her quite a bit of money. Huh. They don't say. Okay, Saunders, you go ahead and get some pictures of the upstairs rooms. Right. And then we'd like one of you, Miss Charlotte. All right. Should I change my dress, Mr. Graham? No, no. Just as you are, please. Funny you happen to choose our family. Why did you? Oh, we looked around, asked some questions, thought you were just about what we wanted. And why not use your family? You haven't got any skeletons in your closet, have you? Of course we haven't. I wish we did have a few. We're pretty prosaic. You know, you're picking us out as an average family. Gave me kind of a funny feeling. What kind of a funny feeling? Oh, I don't know. I... I guess I don't like to be an average girl in an average family. Oh, average families are the best. Look at me. I'm from an average family. As average as ours? Sure. Besides, I don't think you are average. That's because you're seeing me now. You should have seen me a few days ago. I was in the dumps. And then Uncle Charlie came, and he's so wonderful. He's waked us all up. He makes me feel wonderful, too. But he only got here last night. You haven't seen him in a long time. Maybe you just think that he... Oh, I don't think. I know. It's funny. When I try to think how I feel, I always come back to Uncle Charlie. Are you trying to tell me not to think he's so wonderful? Why would I do that? I haven't even seen him. He's not interested in this survey, Mr. Graham. I promised him he wouldn't be bothered. Well, but you see, the whole idea of this thing is... When someone asks for privacy, he should have it. Okay, Miss Charlotte. Um, I'll take the roll of film, please. Uh, what's the matter? I only wanted Give it to, to take... me. Uncle Charlie, what's the matter? Say, Graham, I took some shots of the upstairs hall, and this guy was there, and he wants I to... said, give me that film. I don't like to be photographed. <laughs> Give it to me, please. Give it to him, Fred. <sighs> okay. Too bad, though. Mrs. Newton's on this roll, too. Here. Thank you. Sorry to trouble you. It's all right. Oh, uh, Miss Charlotte, I wonder if you'd show me around the town this evening. I'd like to pick up some atmosphere. Why, of course. Thanks. I'll drop around about eight. Uh, Come on, Saunders.
Oh, I can't get over you breaking your arm when you were 10. And my breaking my arm when I was 10. In exactly the same place. And my wanting to run away from home and you wanting to run away from home. I didn't want to, really. It was just a gesture. I didn't want to, either. I guess I was just showing off. Well, you don't have to show off with me. Shall we sit down? Uh, Sure. You know, Mr. Graham, I think you must have an awfully interesting job. Going into people's houses, asking a lot of questions. Just like an international spy. You. That tune you're whistling. Yeah? Why did you whistle that? Uh, No particular reason. Why do you ask? There's something strange about you. All those questions, the things you wanted to know... Uh, Charlotte, listen. I know what you are. You're a detective. There's something the matter. You're a detective. Listen to me, please. I I don't want to listen. I came here to this town to find a man. I hadn't counted on you. Find a man? What man? There's a man loose in this country. We are after him. We don't know much about him. We, We don't even know what he looks like. Charlotte, think. How much do you know about your uncle? Why? He's my uncle. He's my mother's brother. What has he done? I can't tell you what he's done, but this man we want may be your uncle. I don't believe you. We're after one man. Your uncle may be the man. We we think he is. But in the East, there's another man who's being hunted, too. Hunted through Massachusetts and into Maine. He may be the man. Uncle Charlie hasn't done anything. He knows it would kill my mother if he'd done anything. Why? He's her brother. Just like Roger is mine. Why don't they arrest the man in Maine? And why don't you go away and just leave us alone? Charlotte, I'm going to try and make it easy for you. If your Uncle Charlie's the man we want, we'll get him out of town quietly. We won't arrest him here. Arrest him here? In this town? I'm trying to tell you we won't. And he may not be the one. It may be the other guy, the one in the east. Of course. It's probably all a mistake. I hope I'm wrong. I never wanted to be wrong so much in my life. Charlotte, the library's supposed to close at 9 o'clock sharp. Yes, I know, Miss Corcoran. I just want to look at this paper. If I make one exception, I'll have to make a thousand. Anyway, that's yesterday's paper. It's it's a recipe I want. Someone tore it out at home. Well, hurry up. I'm closing right away. Police hunt murderer. Boston, Massachusetts. February 8th. In their search for the so-called Mary Widow murderer, the police have thrown a cordon around the northeastern states. The announcement of his arrest is expected daily. All names he has used are thought to be aliases. When found, he'll be charged with the murder of three wealthy women. The victims have uniformly been widows of large means. His latest victim was Mrs. Bruce Matthewson, the former musical comedy star known to audiences at the beginning of the century as Teresa Shenley. Oh, T.S. from B.M. The ring. T.S. Teresa Shenley. 
Come on now. Everybody sit down. Dinner's ready. Where's Charlie? I haven't seen her all day. Been in her room. Had a headache. Oh, I'm glad she's had a good rest. She's not looking like herself at all. Uh, she was out last night with that young journalist fellow, wasn't she? Yes, I was. Oh, well, here she is. Here's my girl. Sit right down, dear. You won't be able to sleep tonight, Charlotte. Nobody who sleeps all day can sleep all night, too. Oh, I slept all right. I kept dreaming. Perfect nightmares about you, Uncle Charlie. Nightmares? About me? About you. I'll tell them to you if you like. You were on a train, and I had a feeling you were running away from something. And when I saw you on the train, I felt happy. Terribly happy. But Charlotte, how could you be happy seeing Uncle Charlie on a train? I hope he stays here forever. Well, I suppose he'll go sometime. He has to go sometime. We have to face the facts. Now, Charlotte, what is the matter with you? <laughs> I guess Charlie slept a little too long. She's not awake yet. I suppose that young fellow kept her out half the night. Well, no, no, she got back quite early. I was surprised. Well, Charlie's a pretty girl. I suppose he's been hanging around today, huh? He called twice, but she didn't see him. Oh, Charles, you're going to kill me when you hear what I've done. <laughs> me? I'd never kill you, no matter what you've done. Well, I've simply promised Mrs. Potter, the president of our club, that you'd speak to the ladies. Oh, is that all? Well, I guess we can manage that. For Mrs. Potter, yes. She's a widow, Uncle Charlie. Oh, she'll be so pleased, Charles. Um, what kind of audience will it be? Uh, women like myself, pretty busy with their homes, most of us. Yes. Yes, most women keep busy in towns like this. In the cities, it's different. Cities are full of women, middle-aged widows. Their husbands are dead. The husbands who spent their lives making thousands, working, 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 and then they die, leave their money to the wives. <laughs> the silly wives. What do the wives do, these useless women? You see them in hotels, the best hotels by the thousands, eating the money, drinking the money, losing the money at bridge, proud of their jewelry, proud of nothing else. Horrible, faded, fat, greedy women. But they're alive. They're human beings. Are they? Are they, Charlie? Are they human? Or are they just fat, wheezing animals? And what happens to animals when they get too fat and too old? Mama, I'm going for a walk. I'll be back soon. Charlotte, well, what in the world is she doing? Roger, go after her. No, no, no. I'll go after her. I'll catch up with her. Charlie! Charlie, wait. Let me go, please. Charlie, what's the matter? What's the matter? Look, we can go into this bar here. I want to talk to you. You're hurting my arm again. Then come with me. I can't. I've never been in a place like this. It's all right. Why'd you make me come in here? It's an awful place. What does it matter where you are? Sit down. 
Yeah, what'll it be? Nothing. Uh, bring her a ginger ale, and I'll have a double brandy. Brandy? Okay. Well, Charlie? Well? You think you know something. That young fellow told you something. Jack, why should he know anything about you? Look, Charlie, something's come between us, and I don't want that to happen. Where we're old friends. More than old friends, like twins. You said so yourself. Don't touch me, Uncle Charlie. Don't touch my hand. What did he tell you? What did that boy tell you? How could you do things like that? You're my uncle. You're my mother's brother. We thought you were the most wonderful man in the world. Charlie, what do you know? I want to give you back your ring, Uncle Charlie. T.S. from B.M. Teresa Shenley from Bruce Matthewson. I'm going home. No, no. Sit down. Sit down. Charlie, you think you're a clever little girl who knows something, don't you? Well, what do you know, really? You're just an ordinary little girl living in an ordinary little town. You go through your ordinary little day, and at night you sleep your untroubled, ordinary little sleep filled with pleasant, stupid dreams. And I brought you the nightmares? Or did I? You live in a dream. You're a sleepwalker, blind. What do you know about the world? Do you know that if you rip the fronts of houses, you'll find swine? The world is rotten. What does it matter what happens in it? Are you silly enough to imagine that what I've done is important to anyone? <laughs> Wake up. Use your wit, Charlie. Learn something. Go of my hand. Charlie, come back. Let me alone. You've got to listen to me, Charlie. Oh, please. So you think you found out? You and your friend, Graham. I don't know. I'm not going to tell him what I know. He may find out, but I won't tell him. Uh, he won't find out. I'm only asking you one thing. Go away. No. Leave us alone. I'm staying, Charlie. I'm not going away. Charlie? I'm going in the house. But you've got to listen to me, Charlie. Now. What do you want? Charlie, help me. Will you help me? Help you? Charlie, the same blood flows through our veins. A week ago, I was at the end of my rope. I'm so tired, Charlie. There is an end to the amount of running a man can do. And then I got the idea of coming out here. It was my last chance. Give it to me. These men, Graham and the others, they don't know. There's another man in the east, and they suspect him too. They're trying to catch him. And if they catch him, oh, give me this one chance. Well, take your chances. Go. I'll go, Charlie. If you give me a few days, help me, Charlie. Think of your mother. It would kill your mother. Yeah. Yeah, it would kill my mother. It would kill you too, wouldn't it, Uncle Charlie? Well, you can have your few days and then get away from here. Do you realize what it means? If they get me, the electric chair. <gasps> I count on you, Charlie. Don't forget, you said it yourself. We're not ordinary uncle and niece, no matter what I've done. We're twins.
We pause now for station identification. This is WECI 91.5 FM, Richmond. Richmond's public radio from the campus of Earlham College. And now, here's the curtain for the third act of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Daniel Clymer and Angela Lewis. There's no longer any doubt in Charlotte's mind. She knows now that her Uncle Charlie is a criminal, a murderer. The few days' grace she gave him are almost gone, and still he hasn't left the house. Now, on a Sunday afternoon, the family is gathered in the living room waiting for dinner. How was church, Charlie? Did you count the house? Turn anybody away? No. Seat's enough for everyone. Glad to hear it. Show's had a long run. I thought maybe attendance might be falling off. We prayed for you, Uncle Charlie. <laughs> At least I did. Thanks. Say, here's an interesting thing. What's that, Joe? In the paper here. Says they got that Merry Widow murderer. They got him? Where? Up in Maine, Portland. Didn't catch him exactly. He was running from police at the airport. He ran plunk into the propeller of an airplane. Cut him to pieces. Well, what do you know? Yeah, I guess that solves that case, huh? I guess it solves it, Charlie, huh? Yes, Uncle Charlie. Well, I think I'll wash up for dinner. I'm hungry. I don't know when I've been so hungry. Charlotte. Charlotte, that young reporter fellow's here. He wants to see you. Well, tell him to wait out in front, and I'll be right there. Ah, see you at dinner, Charlie? Yes, of course. Fine. Then we got a wire from Maine. They called us off the job. I'm just coming up for air. Me too. Now that it's over, Jack, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to pretend that nothing ever happened. Well, you won't have to pretend much. Nothing did happen. I'm glad you never did know what we suspected your uncle of. Yes. Well, I guess that's all. Look, Charlotte, Saunders and I I know. You have to go away. Yes. I knew you'd have to go away, but I hadn't thought about it. I'll be all alone again. Alone? In that beehive you live in? Besides, I'm coming back. Oh, when? When are you coming back? Soon as I can make it. I don't want you to go. I feel... How do you feel? I mean, you're not frightened right now, are you, Charlotte? Frightened? I know what I did to you. And don't think I haven't tossed around every night for a week worrying about you. Why? Why, Jack? I don't know. I... I guess it's probably because I'm in love with you. Are you... That's why I'm coming back. Oh? I, uh, I thought if we got engaged now, today I mean, why, then maybe we could get married when I get back. I suppose it is better to be engaged for a while, even if it is only for a little while. We'll get married, that's all there is to it. Oh, Charlotte, I... Hello there. Oh, hello, Mr. Spencer. I was just saying goodbye to Charlotte. Oh? All finished here? All finished. I'll be back. You'll be seeing me around. Oh, yes? Not on business, though. Well, <laughs> sometimes I am pretty obtuse. But I think I understand about your coming back. Well, 
Well, Charlie's a fine girl. <laughs> I, I think so, too. Uh, goodbye, Mr. Spencer. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye, Charlotte. Goodbye. Come back soon, Jack. You bet. Uh, take good care of him, Mr. Spencer. Oh, I will. I certainly will. <sighs> fine boy, Charlie. Fine boy. When are you leaving, Uncle Charlie? Hmm? Oh, no need to hurry now. We're all happy here. When are you leaving, Uncle Charlie? I just told your mother. I'm going to build a new house for you folks. Give it to you. When are you leaving? I'm not going. I want to settle down, have money in the bank, have some sort of business, be a part of this family. I see. And the most sensible thing for you to do is to be friends with me. I can do a lot for you, Charlie. Make life easier for your mother. Make you all happy. No, not you. We don't want anything from you. I wish I'd told my mother about you. I wish I had. And how do you think your mother would have felt? What do you think it would do to her now? I know. Don't be afraid. I, I can't tell her. Oh, but I'm not afraid, Charlie. And what have you to tell? Who'd believe you? A waltz runs through your head. You don't like the initials on a ring. You connect it all up with a newspaper clipping. And now, you haven't the ring. I don't know what became of it. You have it. Have I? Oh, no, I gave it to you. I don't want you here, Uncle Charlie. I don't want you to touch my mother, so go away. I'm warning you, go away. She's the only one who knows. The only one. If it weren't for her, I'd never have to worry. I'd be safe. Safe. Hurry up, Joe. We'll be late for the lecture. Is Uncle Charlie going to speak, Mama? Yes, dear. Now, you get your coat. It's almost 8 o'clock. Where's Charlotte? She went out to the garage to get the car. Oh, uh, Roger... When the lecture's over, we're having company here. They're all coming home with us, but you're going to have... Mama! Something's happened to Charlotte! What? In the garage! Something's happened! I think she's dead! Charlotte! Charlotte! Charlotte, Charlotte, dear. Are you all right, darling? Yes. Yes. Aw, sure, she's fine, Emmy. Don't worry. See? She's fine now. Oh. She was locked in the garage. I heard the car running and I opened the garage door and she was lying there on the floor. Carbon monoxide. Very common type of accident. Charlotte, how did it happen, dear? It was funny. When I went to get the car, the motor was running. Couldn't find the key. The key was gone and then, then I heard the garage door close by me. It must have been the wind. Yes, the wind. But the keys... I, why weren't they in the car? Oh, why they were, Charlie. When Anne found you, I went in and turned off the motor myself. Oh, I see. It was you, Uncle Charlie. Yes. Yes, I turned off the motor. I see. Well, come on now. I'll carry you upstairs. No. Charlotte. I don't want him to carry me. I'm, I'm all right, Mama. Well, I'll call and postpone the lecture. No, Mama, please go. I want you to go. All of you, please. All right, dear. All right. Fine speech there, Mr. Spencer. 
Congratulations. Thank you. I thought it was wonderful. Thank you, Mrs. Potter. Will you have another glass of wine, Mrs. Potter? Why? I believe I will. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, I want to propose a to- Oh, is that Charlie? Charlie, how are you feeling? I'm all right now, thank you. I feel fine. My favorite little niece. Well now, you don't um, think you ought to be in bed, Charlie? Oh no, I wanted to come down. I wanted to show everybody my, my new ring. Your new ring? The one you gave me, Uncle Charlie. I found it. You know where? In your room. I must have gone in and left it there. Force of habit. Oh, yes. It's a beautiful ring, dear. Just beautiful. Yes, it it has an inscription, too. Shall I show it, Uncle Charlie? Or shall we keep it our little secret? Charlie. Oh, do show it. Well, Uncle Charlie? Well, we'll talk it over later. Charlie, you're just in time for a farewell toast. I, um... Hate to break the news like this, but uh, tomorrow I must leave Santa Rosa. Come on, children. Better get off or the train will start with us. Goodbye, Charles. Goodbye, Emmy. Bye, Uncle Charlie. Write to us, Charles. Write to us. I will. You write to me. Hurry, Charlotte. Train's going to start. I'm coming. Oh, Charlie. Um, uh, wait. I'll um, I'll go out to the platform. Goodbye, Uncle Charlie. We've got a minute or two. I. Uh, I want to speak to you. I've got to get off. Oh, but there's plenty of time. Charles, did you forget? Oh. Why? That was Mrs. Potter. Oh. Was it? The widow Potter. Is she going with you? Oh. Now, don't be a little fool. You know that I know about you, don't you, Uncle Charlie? If I ever hear or read about anything... Well, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You're being a foolish girl. I'm warning you. I... Charlie, (gasps) listen. The train's moving. Charlie. Let me go. No, Charlie, listen. You did a fine thing for your mother. You were right not to tell her. My arm! You're hurting me! You're not getting off yet, Charlie. Wait a while. You see? You can just open the door like this! What are you doing? What? Then you can get off. In a minute or two. You're mad! You're a madman! Just a little faster. A little faster. I don't want to hurt you, so just a little faster. <laughs> now don't scream! No, no, Charlie. It's all so simple, isn't it? She tried to get off while the train was moving. She was killed. Nice girl. Too bad. Now, Charlie, now! Don't fight, Charlie. It's better for you if you don't. Stop! Stop! Miss, miss, what is it? He fell. He fell. He fell off the train. They held the funeral yesterday. The minister said that Santa Rosa had gained and lost a son that we could all be proud of. They didn't know. Charlotte, I 
I wish I'd been here. Oh, if, if only you told me, darling. I couldn't. He was my uncle. I know. He thought the world was a horrible play. He couldn't have been very happy. Ever. No. He didn't trust people. He hated them. Hated the whole world. Do you, Charlotte? Hate the world? No. Oh, it sometimes needs a lot of watching, I guess. Seems to go to pieces now and then, like... Like him. But it gets better. Almost in spite of itself, it gets better. And there's still love in the world. So much love. Thank you for listening to Richmond Radio Works production of Shadow of a Doubt, starring Daniel Clymer as Uncle Charlie and Angela Lewis as Charlotta. Shadow of a Doubt was directed by Linda Ward. Michelle Avery played Emmy. Jack Faust played Jack Graham and Joe. Marianne Avery played Mrs. Henderson, Mrs. Potter, and Ms. Corcoran. Vicki Martin played Mrs. Martin and the waitress. Gideon Pickering Polstra played Roger and Fred Saunders. And Rachel Fenis played Anne, Mr. Green, and the Porters. Recording engineering by Howell Gatchel and post-production by Rachel Fenis. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to, to Richmond, Richmond Radio, Radio Works. Works.